Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White. I'm your host. And with all the buzz about soccer in Charlotte, uh, primarily with Charlotte FC coming on board, sometimes it's it's easy to lose sight of all the other soccer that's played in this city, especially women's soccer. And one of the best and most underreported stories uh, in Charlotte over the last three months has been Queens women's soccer. And the Royals made history this year with their deepest run ever in the NCAA playoffs. They went through uh, a really good season in which they won a record number of games, advanced to the South Atlantic Conference Championship uh, for the second straight season. And keep in mind, this was all in the space of one calendar year. Uh, with a first-year head coach in Amy Haywood. And I had an opportunity to uh, talk to the coach about the, the season that was and how she managed to put together a winner so fast in Charlotte. And here's that conversation. I appreciate you taking the time today to talk to me. And I just wanted to, uh, at the top, congratulate you. Uh, you obviously you. have had a really good run in a short space of time at Queens. Uh, you were hired in 2020. You have your season pushed back to the fall, well, to the spring, uh, because of COVID yeah. and you do pretty well there. And then you come out and you put in a program best season. So talk a little bit about having a compressed two seasons in the one calendar year and uh, and all the other <laughs> yeah. things that go into that? Um, well, I guess I'll start by saying uh, my takeover at Queens was definitely different because, um, you know, I basically took over the program in March, the week that everything got shut down. Um, so I didn't even meet my team for almost a year. So I did everything with them over Zoom and virtually for 10 months um and then i met them finally in in january of 2021 and um you know at that point you know when you're only on zoom and you know you're not training really soccer wise although we had given them workouts and ideas and things like that that they need to be doing um but we spent just a lot of time getting to know each other and a lot of time on culture development and and talking and learning and discussing, um, you know, who we wanted to be, how we wanted to do things. And just, you know, I did a lot of FaceTiming with individuals, getting to know them. And so when we started in January, it was actually a, a little bit different than starting, you know, fresh with the team, you know, when they come in in the fall, because I had that relationship piece of it sorted out and we knew each other pretty well, despite not having met. Um, and we had kind of our cultural piece sorted out. So now it's a matter of executing what we'd been talking about for so long. Um, so we kind of, in a way, got a head start with that already being in place. Um, and then, uh, yeah, two seasons in a year is a lot. <laughs> um, but that's um, 
you know, that three month break in between was good. I think we probably could have used it better. Uh, I think, I think that will be a focus for us next year is just learning to put a little bit more work in as individuals in the off season. I think we could have been coming fitter. If you look at our, uh, if you look at our, our season schedule, every game that we dropped was the second game of the weekend. Um, so it's just, you know, we need to learn to handle that load. Yeah, I would imagine a little bit better. Yeah, and so you, you talk about uh, putting together two seasons in one calendar year. I guess that redefines the word grind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we try not to talk to, about it as a grind because we love. We we say you know if you love what you're doing and love who you're with, it shouldn't be a grind. Um, you know, we and we try to enjoy what we're doing. I think if you. If you were to walk past a practice or you, you look across the field at our team during games, I think you would see a lot of positive energy. Uh, I think when you're in that kind of environment, it, you know, it's fun. We want it to be fun. We want people to come to practice and enjoy it. Um, of course, we work hard, and there are moments that you're not going to love every minute of it. But I didn't really ever feel like they felt that this was too much for them, uh, having the two seasons. I think they, I think they enjoyed it because this is what they love to do, and they were with with the people they love to be with. So it's actually, you know, you would think that, oh, that's a lot. That's, they're probably going to be burnt out or, and whatnot. But, um, I didn't really find that any more so than any normal team that I coached just one season in a year. Now you came to Queens from Ohio Dominican, uh, four years there. And obviously folks at Queens saw something in you. Uh, when you, uh, look back at it and making that transition after four years in Ohio. Uh, was there anything that you said, you know what, that, that program has a whole bunch of potential. Was that something that really attracted you to Queens or was it something else? Yeah, no, that is entirely what attracted me to Queens because I had, um, I, I knew that I was leaving probably one of my most talented teams that I had at ODU just because I had had four years to kind of recruit and build my team. And, you know, we had a successful year before, made, made it to the championship. Um, but I think the thing about Queens is the school. The school is committed to excellence in everything that we do. And when you've got a school that has that attitude and will support you in pursuing excellence, like that's where the potential is. Um, because, you know, the student athletes that we're getting at Queens, they want the whole package. They want a quality academic experience. Um, they want to live in a great city, get internships in a great city, and they want to compete at the highest level that they can. Um, and that's an easy sell. <laughs> so, um, I think it, to me, the potential was, well, you could really build something here because you can attract really talented student athletes to come to Queens. And it doesn't hurt to win, right? Yeah, that, that certainly will help with the recruiting from here on out. <laughs> Being picked seventh was a little tough when I first came in. I was like, you know, you're kind of selling a vision, and now you can really sell this is what we're doing. This is this has kind of worked for us, so this is the direction we're going. And to piggyback off that, uh, you go uh, seven two and one in the spring, and you get to the South Atlantic Conference final for the first time. Was that the light coming on in terms of wait till we get all our stuff together and move forward. Um, you mean like in terms of just getting the team going, like we, we've got potential here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I think that that making it to that game was a kind of a statement, like to the team. Um, you know, we can we can do this. There's we have potential right now on this team to be good. Um, I think, interestingly, because of the way that the pods were set up, I don't think the rest of the conference really felt that way about us yet. I think it was more this year that they were like, okay, yep, they're the real deal. Um, but it was kind of interesting in that way to make it to a conference uh, championship, conference final. Um, but because of you know the pod system that we were in and kind of the traditions of some of the other programs that we didn't play, there was still a little bit of doubt in a lot of people's minds, but not in the minds of our team, which is even better almost because they've got that underdog mentality, but they know their that they know their potential. I think that's a really dangerous combination. So did the rest of the league have a? Uh... Are they for real kind of question mark out there coming out of the spring? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so now we fast forward to the fall season. Uh, best year ever or best season ever um, for Queens. You win 16 games. Uh, you get to the conference final. And then you get a bid to the NCAAs. Uh, was there a... A particular point in the season where you say, you know what, this team is going to make history for Queens. <laughs> um, I don't think we ever really talked about that being a goal. I think actually when we when we um, when we beat Lenore Ryan in the semifinals and basically set the record for wins in the season, the team didn't even know. I told them after the game. Um, you know, we just uh, the, the team certainly set out from the beginning we're going to make it to the sack finals again and prove that you know this is no fluke we're here to play um but i don't it wasn't it's not really the outcomes that we achieved this season were never goals that we talked about they were kind of like these are the byproducts of the process that we're invested in um and i think everyone was just really invested in that and it's almost when you look back you're not surprised by it but i don't think that they were counting wins or counting shutouts um, at any point, I think they were they were really focused on what we were doing and taking things game by game. And when you look at that, you're talking about the uh, with the Lenore Ryan game in the uh, in the semis. You won one nil, double overtime. Obviously, a thriller. Uh, yeah. What was what was that like? And then and then the follow up question to that is, did that take something out of your kids in terms of the final against Catawba? Yeah, uh, well, so the, that game against Lenore Ryan was obviously big for us. It had been years since Queens had defeated LR, um, so it was a big deal uh, to get that win, especially you know, the first time we played it, we felt like we played really poorly. It was just an off day for us. Um, so the second time we played them, we felt like we played well. I definitely think we played well enough to win, um, but they just play a very defensive style, so they're hard to break down. Uh, and so finally breaking them in that double overtime was like, ah, finally we broke, we kind of broke through, which was, it's a relief. It was excitement. It was, it was a, a lot of emotions, but it was definitely an emotional day. And then you've got to turn around and play two days later, uh, you know, in a conference championship, you've got less, less, uh, recovery time. Uh, you've played more minutes than Catawba did. So, yeah, I mean, we were going into that game knowing, okay, we've got more fatigue in our legs than they do. Um, how, how is that going to affect our game plan? Um, 
And honestly, I think we, we, we executed our game plan pretty well, um, but just really, you know, they capitalized on their one chance that first half. So then we just couldn't fight back from it. But I think that's the hardest thing about conference tournaments is that the schedule is so condensed. You've got to turn around from every, every time you win a semifinal, it's emotional because, you know, you're pumped to make it to the finals and then you've got to emotionally and physically recover. Uh, turn around and play again at, at, at the highest level that you've played at all season. So I think that's that's hard, and I think that, but that's something that will come with the more times that we're there, we'll be prepared for it, and we'll we'll kind of be able to, I don't know, just have that experience, kind of a learning effect, hopefully next year. Yeah, because any kind of tournament, it's generally survival of the fittest. No matter how yep. you get by, you're just trying to get by and then move on. Uh, yep. And then to come so close, you advance to the uh, final in the spring and the fall. You make it to the NCAAs, and your season ends ironically against Lenore Ryan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Does is that something where you can take that disappointment and use it as fuel moving forward? Oh, absolutely, and I think. Anybody who watched the game could tell you that we have a reason to be disappointed that we lost that game. Um, we had the majority of the ball, and they were just, you know, laying bodies in front of it, in front of the, in front of the goal, and that's a frustrating way to play. Um, and so I think losing that way to them in the second round is gonna that's that will bring a lot of fuel. But I think it also, on a positive note, really shows the strength of our conference. You know, like the the third ranked team in our conference is in the Sweet 16. Um, you know, I look at those two games. I look at North Georgia. I look at LR. LR was obviously a harder te- harder task for us, and they were ranked lower than North Georgia coming in. And so I think the the tournament's kind of a good way to really see the strength of the conferences. I think the SAC is just one of the strongest conferences in the country, and that you know you've got to show up every single day and compete uh, to to be a player in this conference. Yeah, because it's obviously loaded when you're talking about Queens, Catawba, LR. I mean, Carson Newman, Lincoln Memorial. These are all good really programs. storied yeah. programs. Yeah. Yeah, and so when when it's the competition is that stacked, I mean, it almost turns into a war of attrition because the best teams, top to bottom, are going to beat up on each other every single match. Yep. You got it. You got it. And who can stay healthy and who can get good at the right times? Um, you know, you want to peak in the tournament. You don't want to peak halfway through the season. Um, so, yeah, it's just the margin for error is so small in this conference. So. And in terms of your, your players, I mean, it looks as if just looking at your roster, you've got a good chunk of – your crew coming back next year, and I guess uh, you know, players like Erica Turner, who is uh, all-conference uh, goalkeeper, Nia uh, Gaither, and you're losing Karen Juarez. Uh, but talk a little bit about this year's squad and what returns for the next season. Um, yeah, this is. A, I think this is a really talented team. Um, you know, I think if you look across the board at, at some of the other teams that did well in the stack, you'll find that we have less players on the all-conference teams than the others. 
which I thought was interesting. Yeah, what's up with that? Um, <laughs> you know what, Herb? I, I think part of it is we play as a team. Like, we win because of, the, of team play. You know, we don't have, like, okay, this one person, this is how we're going to win. We're going to put play through this person. This person's going to score our goals. You look at our goals, they are spread, you know, over five or six players. You look at, you know, our possession, that it's it's not all th- – I mean, we can play different different ways against different teams. We we just really emphasize the team aspect, and I think that you, you kind of lose on statistics sometimes that way, but – uh, you gain on, you know, okay, someone's injured this week. That's all right. Next, next woman up. We can just keep filling in. And I think this team is really deep and we played a lot of people every game. Um, I think if you look at, at the box scores, we're probably playing four, four more subs than every other team we play. Um, we just think we're really deep and we, we try to develop every play that we got. And so that, you know, we're just, we're just always ready to go. So I think it's, it's a team thing. Like our team was almost our all conference. <laughs> player if that makes sense um and so it sounds as if you're building a culture where you're adept at complementary soccer where exactly this player does this well today somebody else will do something to help you get a win the next time around it's a complementary type of system exactly exactly Mm-hmm. Yep. Is, is that something that is an intentional and deliberate thing as as the coach? This is what you want to build, or are you still fitting pieces to match what you want to do, or are you fitting the scheme to match the talent? Uh, it's a little bit of both. So you know, as a coach, you know, trying to build a program, trying to build it in a way that we are not reliant on one or two players. We want to make sure that we can play the game and play it well, despite injuries, despite, you know, whatever. Our player, Sophia, getting called up to the Puerto Rican national team and missing a game or two. Um, you know, we want to make sure that as a team we are always set up for success. Now, does that mean that we're going to try to not bring in somebody who can score 10 goals next year? No, we're looking for that player for sure. Um, but it, it is sort of intentional because we always want to be able to play that way for the long-term sustainability of the program, being a competitor every single year. I think you get more up and down years when you play based on your talent. Um, but um, at the same time, we build our system based on the players that we have, you know, the really you know, the really strong playing personality players. So, you know, um, we played a – a four three three most of the year this year, and we played a very much possession style and had some nuance to it that that worked for the players that we have, and that may may look different next year because you know you graduate Emerose Stockton, Karen Juarez, um, Alyssa Edwards, you know some of the people that were pretty influential. So we will again adjust our system to make sure that it brings out the strengths of the players that we have and kind of covers the weaknesses. And so to. To that end, and I know the season is barely two weeks over for you, so you're probably decompressing as we speak. <laughs> but in terms of uh, trying to look forward, what are the goals? I mean, and I know, you know, Coach Speak would say, well, yeah, we want to win, and that's great. But in terms of, you know, actual goal setting, is it to get over the hump and snag that? 
South Atlantic Championship for the first time? Yeah, I think that's certainly a goal. Um, you know, you, we've lost it twice in a row now. So, uh, you know, obviously that's going to be in our players' minds. Um, but I always try to, you know, maybe I'm a little bit different in my coaching style that I never start out an off season or start out a season saying, this is our goal to win the championship. I think we, I think it's too easy to get caught going through the motions and not focused in the day in and day out process. If you do that, we set daily goals every day. Here's our goal today. And here's our vision for the week. And for the first week, we're going to have a tough schedule again. It might be, let's try to get two really strong regional wins opening weekend. And so what does that look like today on Monday for training? What's the goal for today? So we try to break it up so that we're just really focused on what's important right now. Um, and it seems to work a little bit better for us because it gives them some direction for their energy in, in that moment. Um, so it's micro goals and then big picture goals. Yeah, we have a, we have a, um, a, like a vision, uh, but then then goals goals for the here and now. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about soccer in Charlotte and women's soccer. Uh, specifically, I know because there's so much buzz around Charlotte FC coming in and MLS. And in terms of the sport and women's collegiate soccer in Charlotte, uh, kind of give me a lay of the land in terms of, of, of how this environment looks uh, on the collegiate level. I know that there's you know, obviously uh, Charlotte uh, on the Division One level. Queens, yep. uh, kind of give me an idea of what women's soccer looks like in this town. You know, I might be the wrong person to ask, to be honest, because I've only lived here for a year and a half. But um, I know that, in general, soccer in the southeast is just, it's a huge, it's a big deal. Um, collegiately, you look at the Division One level, the SEC is one of the strongest conferences in the country. Um, you look at the Division Two level. And um, the the two of the strongest conferences in the country are here too, the SAC and the Sunshine State. Um, so you find some of the best teams in the country in, in both of those um, conferences. Um, I think so. I guess you know from from looking at that, the standards around here are pretty high. Um, the grassroots are really strong. Um, I have two daughters; they both play soccer here in Charlotte, and um, you know one of them's you know. Playing with a you know a rec league, but also doing some some training with a club team, and I think the club standards here are really really strong. Um, the club teams around here they have good good coaches, good good trainers, and as girls are growing up in the Charlotte area, they're going to be well prepared for that that next step, which is going to be you know high school, college, you know maybe even professional as, as we kind of grow that here in 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 the Charlotte area. So. I just think soccer is real strong down here. And you had mentioned that you have a player get called up to uh, the Puerto Rican uh, national team. Uh, Is that that something that that really excites you as a coach and you look forward to doing more of that to be able to produce those types of players who can represent their countries and and, uh, become professionals, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think we have a number of girls on our team right now who have that 
sort of long-term vision, but, you know, they're here uh, to get their degrees and to work hard and to be prepared for a career, but they might like to play a little bit first once they graduate from here um, on the professional level or international level, and we definitely want to be a, a place to develop those those players, and I think we are. Um, you know, I th- you look at, we have a couple, Erica Turner's been with the, been in the Irish national pool, um, Aaron McCafferty in the Scottish, you know, obviously we've got Sophia with the Puerto Rican national team right now. Um, it's absolutely an honor. We love, we love that. Um, she's doing that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool and we want to be a place to develop those players for sure. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good, uh, feather in any coach's cap. And you've got three of them right there. So you're off and running in only one year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't take credit for them, but yeah, yeah, it's, we, we want to, we want to develop them for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, and I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Obviously a fabulous season, a fabulous year. And it's only one year in. But two seasons down, and you're doing uh, great work. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me because it's sometimes, you know, folks kind of get caught up in the in the top tier stuff with uh, with a sport, and sometimes you have to look a little bit beyond that in order to get a really good idea of what's going on. So I thank you. Well, for, uh, I love taking that. I love that you uh, have identified that and, and are actually even interested in what we're doing. So thank you for that. Oh, oh we're on top of it. <laughs> so you have yourself a great day and much success as you go into the off season and uh, and, and then the you. season to come and uh, good great recruiting class for you too. Yeah, we'll hopefully keep adding to it. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Many thanks to Coach Amy Haywood over at Queens University of Charlotte for joining me on Sports Charlotte and thank you for listening to the podcast. We love doing, we love interacting with you, our audience, and showing a different side to sports in Charlotte and the region. You can check us out at the Charlotte Post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and you can also follow me on Twitter at HerbLWhite1. And check out the newspaper itself at thecharlottepost.com. We're also on Apple News. And for everybody at the office, my name is Herb White. Thanks for listening. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved.